Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. Happy Tuesday out there to all of you in the Bachelor world. Welcome to Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh boy, we're in good spirits. We got the music going. We're grooving it. We're moving it. We're shaking it. We're buckled up and we're ready for the ride. Good to see everyone. Good to hear from you. I got a couple of voicemails you've left me, 401-213-9828. That's right, we got a voicemail line, bringing it back. Call and ask me any questions, bachelor, pop culture, personal, whatever you want. Maybe you have a question about finances. I can't help you, but you can still ask it, and we're going to get into it. I've got two clips for you today. The first is a Chris Harrison uh, clip where he discusses the fact that the show's ratings have gone down since he left, and I play uh, some of Reality Steve's counter-argument to that claim. And then afterwards, a Caitlin Bristow video. So not a bad Tuesday, if you ask me. Transformational Tuesday? Well, you be the judge, and I'll be the judge of all of the support we've got in the Bachelor community. Y'all have been fantastic. And it is with pleasure that we announce a upcoming show date, February 15th, San Diego. That's right. I'm going to be in San Diego, February 15th at Mike Drop Comedy Club with the one, the only, Katie Thurston. That's right. Katie's doing stand-up. Uh, it's called Katie Thurston and Friends. And you can come to the show by purchasing a ticket. I'll have a link in the comment section below. There's general admission tickets, which gets you all of the laughs, all of the fun. But then there's also a VIP ticket, which will get you a meet and greet with Katie. But also, just as important, an adult toy, folks. That's right. You want an adult toy? Hey, look, maybe you don't, but you're going to get one. Yeah, you can give it to one of your friends, your sister, your brother, whoever may need a little assistance. I always say this. Nothing wrong with a little assistance from an adult toy. I mean, you wouldn't sand, you wouldn't uh, stain your deck with uh, yeah, sandpaper. Is that a good analogy? You wouldn't sand your deck with sandpaper. No, you'd plug in a power tool, and that's what we're doing with these adult toys, plugging in some power tools. Uh, so, And I already know what the adult toy is, and it, uh, the toy that they're going to be giving away uh, has a $70 value, and you're going to get it for free with your VIP tickets for the show February 15th in san diego it will sell out it will be fun we'll have a little video crew there and we're gonna be having a ton of fun we're gonna be doing a special q a at the end of the show a special q a with katie myself and maybe the other comics on stage asking you guys questions or you guys can ask us questions it'll be a ton of fun so that's where you're gonna find me tonight if you're listening to this last minute and you're like i live in santa clarita california and i want to see stand-up comedy tonight well i'll be at pocock brewery headlining tonight i think it's a seven o'clock show although you can check my instagram at dneals for details and i'll be headlining that free show uh, which come which, by the way, comes with um, no admission, but there is great beers and pretzels. And whenever you promote a pretzel, I have to say, it always sounds like, oh, what's Dave promoting? Pretzels? Trust me, these pretzels feel like a hug from God. You know, pretzels have the design they do. And again, I could be making this up. I'm not sure. But th th what I was told is pretzels are designed to look like a hug. That um, the monks and sisters, I don't know who did it. Somebody decided uh, back in the day to make bread that looked like hugs from God. And let me tell you something. Uh, carbohydrates are a hug from God. And then he hugs your lower belly where he stores all of the fat after you eat your pretzel. Either way, folks, I'm one who enjoys it. Oh, yeah. It comes with like honey mustard. And then there's different types of mustard. Oh, Boy, I'm like the Forrest Gump of mustards. You can give me Grey Poupon mustard. I'll take just basic ballpark yellow mustard. Uh, put it wherever you want. You can put it on your sex toy for all I care. Uh, do what you got to do. Spice up your life. All right, folks, we're a little blue today. 
Uh, it has been raining nonstop in Southern California for literal weeks on end. There's flooding and uh, mudslides and rivers and just wild stuff out there. Uh, eventually, when it all dries out, we're going to have beautiful, uh, beautiful scenery. You know, it doesn't rain for 10, 11 months out of the year. And everyone says the drivers in SoCal are horrible in the rain. And it's true. 10 months out of the year, we're just, you know, dumping smog uh, and oil onto the ground. And then eventually the first rainfall, it's like a slip and slide. All right. Well, let's do this. Why don't I play a couple of your voicemails? One of our favorites. You may know her from our live streams. It's Mimi in Pittsburgh. Take it away, Mimi. Hi, Dave. This is Mimi from Pittsburgh saying Happy New Year. But also, I hope you and all of your friends, family, are uh, and our group from uh, your show are safe from all this terrible weather that California is having. And uh, I hope you are, too. No flooding around your house, I hope. Uh, another question I have. Can you tell me if Jared, from Ashley and Jared, was on a Walgreens Christmas commercial with the baby in it? It's been bugging me. I've seen it on TV a million times. And also, did you know that Hannah Brown is on a physical challenge show on Fox on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. I thought maybe you'd like to give that a look. Okay, be safe. Bye. Well, thank you so much for the voicemail. And, you know, I'm not sure if we do have Jared in a commercial. I haven't seen it personally, but maybe. And with regard to the Hannah Brown show, I have to say, you know, I wasn't going to watch it, but out of curiosity, I checked it out. Hannah Brown's on a new show on CBS, or is it Fox? You said Fox, 8 p.m. Um, uh, tonight, and it's called Special Forces. Is that what it's called? I, I watched the first episode. I won't give anything away. They start with 16 celebrities, Anthony Scaramucci, Dwight Howard, the basketball player, uh, Kate plus 800 kids, whatever her name is. Um, they've got uh, Jamie Lynn Spears, the younger, less important Spear, uh, Hannah Brown. There's a lot of folks in it, and it's interesting because everyone has the the thing the the things they're working on you know um, the the different uh, emotional mental blockages physical aging and you bring that all into challenging your body to do tasks that are both scary and challenging sleep deprivation all these different things it's interesting it was an interesting show did I cry watching the first episode my eyes got wet yes. I wasn't cutting onions. I actually can share my emotions. There were, part, I mean, I have to tell you though, there's nothing worse than watching network TV when you've gotten used to like Paramount Plus and all these other things. You watch network TV, there's a commercial every minute. It is so annoying. But either way, it's a good show so far. So haven't seen much of Hannah Brown on it yet, but I'll give you guys updates as they come. All right, well, without further ado, oh, you know what? No, we have one more voicemail for you. We played Mimi. Let's go to Lydia in Georgia. You're up. Hey, this is Lydia Reese. I'm calling from Rome, Georgia, teeny little town. Um, but I think one of the things that just really hit me that I hadn't really thought about was when you were talking about how, you know, we, just with our family, sometimes there are times that they do or say things that you're like, well, that's not cool or that's kind of lame. Um, that maybe wasn't best taste, but you still love them and you still hope for them um, and you hope for the change or you work through it and you move past it. But um, I don't know. I think that that was actually something that just really struck me with all of this because I think it's really easy to shut someone down or to um, judge them or to 
cancel them, you know, um, especially in this age. But I don't know. That just really struck me and really gave me something to think about because that is true. I love my family, and I would never cancel them or I would never forsake them. And, yeah, so I don't know. Those are just some of my thoughts. So thank you for kind of just bringing that up and for putting that out there because I think that will help people to just really think through this in a different light. So thank you. And I'll, yeah. Have a great night. Thank you so much, Lydia Reese. Reese's Pieces. Hey, this oh, is... So, uh, yeah, thank you, Lydia. Yeah. No, the idea of supporting someone who's been problematic, I can understand, like, say say you feel really strongly that R. Kelly should be completely canceled. I don't agree or disagree with your opinion. That's your opinion. You might hear your dad play an R. Kelly song, sipping on Coke and rum, and I'm like, so what? I'm drunk. It's the freaking wicked, baby. I mean, it's a banger. It is a banger of a song. No doubt there. The question becomes, do you separate the art from the artist? And then in today's world with someone like Chris Harrison, by saying, hey, I don't think he should get fired, does that mean you co-sign problematic behavior? And my answer, my opinion is no. That, that does not mean you co-sign bad behavior. What we've become accustomed to, as, as you know, there was a campaign to shame me because I, because I followed someone on Instagram that was deemed to be unfollowable. Uh, people go, oh, you must support what they say or do. And I think it's one step too far down the human centipede as far as advocacy goes. I think it makes people feel better, but I think it doesn't really do much to say, you shouldn't follow Chris Harrison. Well, what if... What if you disagree with the way he conducted his interview, but believe in redemption? And some might say he doesn't deserve redemption. And I, and my thought to that is most people that say you don't reserve, uh, deserve redemption have never been in a situation, at least publicly, where they've needed redemption. It's one of those things where you can understand what others are going through uh, with, with what may, might be a swarm of people trying to get you fired that, um, that uh, you realize, look, there is a scenario where someone like Chris Harrison can redeem himself. We didn't see that. It was, here's money to go away because corporations would rather you just go away than solve a greater problem, which of course exists within the whole franchise of Bachelor Nation. And Chris Harrison is but the Wizard of Oz. He is the figurehead in front of a much bigger problem and they decided to just remove him versus dealing with it. And oh, we see that a lot in society. You know, John Bernthal... I think I'm pronouncing that right, was on the Joe Rogan experience just a few weeks ago. And he has a podcast. You might know him from Walking Dead. Uh, he's one of the main characters there. A bunch of other, you know, he's a A-list actor. Well, on his podcast, he decided to interview, um, what's the hell's the name, uh, the, the guy's name from Transformers? I can't even remember his name. Oh, Tasha, help me. Shia LaBeouf, that's what I'm thinking of. So John Bernthal had decided to interview Shia LaBeouf. They were on a movie together. All of his PR people and anyone in the industry was like, stay away from Shia LaBeouf. He's a, he's such a, a nuclear right now. You don't want to be associated with him. But all John Bernthal wanted to do was interview him man to man, mano y mano, and talk to him about tough things and talk to him about ways he has messed up. And uh, society can be so litigious that people are unwilling to admit to things they have done for fear of shaming. And I don't even just mean illegal things. People are, don't want to talk about the fact that, oh, when I grew up, I didn't understand too much about the Confederacy. Oh, when I grew up, I didn't know that that antebellum parties were bad. It all comes back to this revisionary history where people say, oh, I have all the answers now so I can condemn someone who's not as far along as I am. And of course, when, when people get mad that I make things political, you can look um, at your own, you can look at the Democratic Party and say, look, 
look, only a couple president terms ago, uh, presidents were not in public support of gay marriage. And does that mean that they didn't support it privately? No, it just meant they knew their constituency. What They knew it wasn't going to win them election. So it wasn't a topic people got on. I mean, so, so, so soon. I mean, and it's okay to talk about that. It's okay to talk about that. Obama might have said uh, that, that, um, that marriage should be between a man and a woman. I, I don't believe that anyone should have that opinion now. I think it's foolish absolutely foolish. But to say that the times weren't different would be an outcry. The times were different. Otherwise, they would have been an advocate for uh, these basic human rights I think we all are can agree on. So when you look at that, conversation is so incredibly important that it's no surprise when people have conversations with those that may be deemed canceled that it's it's worth having the conversations, not to create a home base for hatred, uh, to create space for growth. Now, if Chris Harrison was in defense of Rachel Kirkconnell, as we talked about in Matt James, what he failed at was leaving that same grace for Rachel Lindsay. And like I've said many and many times, not having the sort of um, toolkit that he needed to navigate that conversation. He didn't have that toolkit. And because of that, there was collateral damage, which of course we saw. So maybe he just wasn't good at having difficult conversations. Maybe he was naive, ignorant. Some people might, might say racist, but it's important that people seek that vindication. It's important that we try to do better. Otherwise, we're just penalizing people. And what we've seen in different cultures, especially, especially in like the prison system, is that people don't actually react to being penalized. They don't, they don't, that doesn't really incentivize people not to do things. And we need to get more to the root of where we want to go in the growth we want to have as people. That's what progress is. So when everyone says there's an issue with the left feels this way, the right feels that way, I just disagree. I think it's way more three-dimensional. And rather than left versus right, if we look at things in a cube, there's a group of people that want to get you fired from your job if they disagree with you or if you have done something wrong. But there's a greater group of people that I think are saying, you know, I think what's more important is that we just aim for growth. And that's what we try to do here is aim for growth. And there should be a greater scale of cancelability. Like, oh, you know, like if you're in your office job, first step is a written warning by HR. Second step is, a, you know, whatever. So people, um, I think, shouldn't necessarily be um, judged as, as they are on their worst day and yet how they are as a collective. And uh, my thought with Chris and his new podcast is we'll get to see and judge how he is on his collective. And my hope is that he's a good person because I hope everyone is. I hope we can all take our fears, put them aside and be good people. All right. Well, without further ado, here is the probably, what is this fourth clip that I've made in the last two days of Chris Harrison and his new podcast. Uh, the, what is it called? The most dramatic podcast on earth have, or whatever, whatever it's called. Have a listen. Chris Harrison details Bachelor Exit, 20-pound weight loss, checking ratings, why Wells Adams should host, and more podcast takeaways. Now, people have ran with this in so many different directions. We're going to jump right into uh, the checking the rating version of the podcast. He released two episodes um, late Sunday night. We talked about it all day yesterday. You can check the recap if you missed it. But here's what he had to say about podcast rating. I'm sorry. Here's what he had to say about the Bachelor franchise ratings once he left. Has Have a listen. When people ask what I think of it now... I don't watch. Um, the last thing I think I watched was um, the last show with Matt James, I think, Hometowns. When I left, it was the number, still the number one show on TV. 
Okay, so that's, first of all, not uh, the, when you say the number one show on TV, that's kind of like in, in which category? It's the number one ch- live, it's the number one show on TV on Monday nights on network. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of good TV out there. Uh, so we have to be a little more specific. But after I play the rest of Chris Harrison's clip, I'll play you what uh, Reality Steve had to say in defense of uh, rubbishness as it is um, a- a- applied to this scenario. Now, look. Do I keep an eye on the ratings? Yes. Do I know what's happening now? Probably. I'm not going to say I'm not so humble and whatever to say I haven't paid attention to the scoreboard. And look, every, every, don't judge Chris Harrison. We've done this in relationships. You ever break up with someone and then a couple of years later, you're like, let's just see what they're doing. And you want them to be doing well, just not as well as you, you know? And I feel like that we are that with everyone, right? You, I want you to do well. Just don't pass me. Okay. In the hierarchical sense, do, do okay. Just not as, as you know. Yes, I do know. I, you know, the, I, I realize the ratings are down 50 to 60% and the show has changed dramatically, but I 50 to 60% from when is the question. It was at 50 to 60% from Claire Crowley, Tasha season, or was it 50 to 60% from, uh, you know, Caitlin Bristow season, because the show's already been in its decline. Let's not pretend you weren't on the, the, the rating sled as it was going down the hill. Also that hurts me a little bit because it's something I took pride in building. And there's still some wonderful people that I talk to on the show, cast members. So he says, and again, I'm being critical of Chris because I think the podcast that he's done is pretty good. I'm just, you know, there's some, there's some areas here where you go, well, you can't take pride in building a show and then say you didn't have any of the, you weren't part of any of the decision-making, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I didn't, I didn't build the house, but I take pride in the structural integrity. Crew. I love my crew ferociously Funniest and defended part. them ferociously. They're the most talented men and women in the world worked on that show. The most talented in this, I love a good hyperbole. The most talented women in the world, the most talented men and women in the world worked on The Bachelor. Hey, we've got a, a movie we're going to be shooting in Bolivia. Uh, it's a new Scorsese film. Leonardo DiCaprio is going to star in it. Catherine O'Hara plays his mom. It's got about a $150 million budget, probably going to win an Academy Award. Would you like to be a part of it uh, as the sound engineer? Actually, I'm going to be working on The Bachelor. <laughs> Hey, excuse me, uh, Steve. We've got a uh, new uh, new crew position for you here. We're going to be working on um, uh, Benicio del Toro's new hit film. It shoots in Romania, and it's probably going to win. You know, uh, sorry about that. I'm actually going to be filming somebody having sex in a yurt. So, <laughs> okay, you guys get the point. I understand what he's saying. As far as dating reality TV shows go, they're probably pretty good. But I have to push back and say, actually, it looks like The Bachelor and Australia is far better produced and edited. So the bachelor in the U S might not even be the best bachelor that is out there. Um, directors, producers, art department, uh, lighting, you name it, camera, audio. There was hundreds and hundreds of people. I was the face and the voice of the show. And that's a weird thing when, you know, uh, this reality show is a little different. Okay. So I get it. I understand what he's trying to do. He's, he's, He's supporting the cast and crew. Yeah, they're good. They're the best that was available. I understand. Yeah, the lighting was great. The guy who sprays the water down on the driveway, probably one of the best 
uh, water hose operators I've seen as far as um, dating reality shows go. So like, I, t- I totally get it. But to say that these guys were the best in the world, listen, Variety, and I, I love the show. Anyone who loves relationships loves The Bachelor, loves to watch the show. The Bachelor hits a milestone 20 years on TV. What's next for the mega franchise? And of course, they talked about the fact that the show keeps on falling in ratings. So the ratings have gone down, but we've also talked about different networks no longer using the Nielsen rating system. Like, do you not, do you understand how the Nielsen rating system work? In part, in part, what they do is they'll call up and say, what are you watching? And they'll take a sample size from different people. Who's answering their phone? Who has a landline? line anymore and i'm sure they do what other other cable box you know things to censor who's watching what but that doesn't even show whose eyeballs are on the show versus uh streaming on hulu the next day or or power watching through my channel there's so many other ways that people are not checking out the show and then in variety they posted the best 20 reality shows of all time and guess what the Bachelor's not even on it and again this is a curated list so maybe this person just doesn't like love but we've got america's next top model We've got bands on the run. I didn't even know that show. Uh, VH1. Let me tell you something. When you lose to a show from VH1, which I believe stands for Video Hits 1. Am I right on that? Um, Legally Blonde, the musical. I didn't even know that was a show. And now I need to watch that show. Um, Big Brother uh, beats it. So that's a very similar reality show line. The Challenge. Uh, so you think you can dance. And all these shows. Shark Tank, of course. Project Greenlight. I wouldn't even call half of these reality shows. What's the chair? The best... Um, so anyway, um, you know, in this person's list, Real Housewives finished ahead of them, Project Runway, and of course, number one would be um, Survivor, which Survivor wins all the awards. Survivor and Amazing Race win all the awards. Maybe there's a bias against the smut end of the spectrum, which of course is where the show would be on the smut end of the spectrum. Okay, let's play what Reality Steve had to say in response. If we can find Reality Steve, he's over here somewhere. Make this comment. When I left the show, it was still the number one show on TV. No, it wasn't. (laughs) The number one show on TV was The Bachelor. No, it wasn't. It was not even close. So I don't know why he threw that in there. I mean, mean, maybe he left out words about, you know, the number one reality dating show. Uh, Maybe. But he said it was the number one show on TV when I left. No, it wasn't. (laughs) And then he says, do I watch the ratings? Yes. I'm very well aware the ratings are down. And as he said, uh, that hurts him. Kind of sounds like Trump, right? The ratings. Uh, you couldn't see. There were so. When I, back when I was the host of the show, there was you couldn't even see all the people that were out there watching the show. But oh, to here, say you're not mad at. Here comes a one-star review for me. I, I don't know. That, that kind of didn't seem genuine. I, I don't. <laughs> now, he ended the first podcast with this. But then he said, I can't go into detail on this, but he said, but he said specifically, one night in particular, I went home and I drew the line in the sand and that was it. It was time to take my life back. I wish I could go into detail. And we don't know what that is, folks. And we don't know what that is. We may scrap this whole thing, to be honest. All right. So just to wrap things up, Chris slams the Bachelor ratings. Add a little clickbaity on the title. Maybe he didn't slam them, but he says, I keep score and I was on the right side of it. And of course, it's way more complicated than that. You'd have to look into uh, ratings of the Bachelor relative to other shows in the same time slot, relative to other reality shows, how it's doing on streaming. Now, sure, we've kind of burst the Instagram bubble where contestants could just go on the show and become influencers. But you have to remember, 
Chris Harrison's final full season of The Bachelor was Claire Tasha's season, and that came after an extended break because of the pandemic. And that season was still happened when we were kind of still in a bubble. So people were like bloodthirsty for content. They were we were so excited for a new season. It was so long. I mean, before that, they were doing like the best of seasons where they were like Skyping with Nick Vile. Pass. No offense to Nikki over there, but it's like it was it was you know it wasn't that that great. Um, so after that, of course. Of course, Matt James' season was so dramatic, but because the season ended the way it did with, you know, a lot of turmoil and Chris Harrison literally was on, like, leave, Emmanuel Acho came in, and then after that, Chris Harrison was eventually fired after after he was then replaced when Katie Thurston tweeted, I don't think Chris should be coming back. It was, like, too soon. There was no, like, a six- to eight-month window to just, like, chill out. It was, like, it was like we're filming the next season right away. And, and because of that aggressive schedule, you could say that that, in part, led to, like, the wildfire not being extinguished in time. And then from there, I think the show realized, hey, we can do this without him. So what percentage of audience did uh, left the show because Chris Harrison was no longer there. My guess is I'm taking a random guess five to eight percent. That's my guess. What what set of audience came to the show because Jesse Palmer is now there? Half of a percent. I don't think Jesse Palmer brought people to the show. I think Chris Harrison, uh, uh, Chris Harrison's departure made people leave from the show. I think that's an honest. I mean, you might say it's fifteen percent. It's not fifty. It's not forty percent. It's definitely not twenty-five percent. But there is a segment of people that did leave the show. The show's going to have to find new ways to bring new audience to them. I think they're trying on TikTok. It ain't working. All right. And also, before we get into our next clip, I want to thank you guys for making yesterday's podcast the most listened to podcast in the short two and a half months we've done the show. We've been averaging 1,900 to 2,000 listeners for every episode. Yesterday, we hit over 3,000 listeners. So let's keep up with that growth. Thank you all so much for liking the podcast, following, subscribing, rating, and reviewing, and more importantly, sharing it with your friends. Maybe you have a um, group chat you share things with. If you enjoy what we've got going on, I appreciate all of that support, whether it be on Instagram stories, sharing it that way, Facebook communities. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, one of my favorites in Bachelor Nation is Caitlin Bristow. I have to tell you, we, I uh, she sent me uh, wine from her new company, Spade and Sparrow, yesterday. So a big shout out to Caitlin Bristow for all that she's done. But she's talked a ton about mental uh, health awareness, dealing with trolls, body issues, and so much else. And I think her story is so important to hear. And I wanted to share it with you. So here's Caitlin Bristow. Let's help our friend Caitlin Bristow overcome some of these trolls. So here's what she posted five days ago. Let's play this. It was an AMA asked me a question and said, you and Jason are 100% not working out. First of all, how rude of someone to say this and it wasn't even a question. And she said, your math ain't mathin'. Jason Tartik said, leave us alone, Karen. And uh, Caitlin said, I'm engaged to a numbers guy. A lot of people have projected their thoughts and feelings onto Caitlin. Caitlin gets um, what might be the most hate in all of Bachelor Nation. Probably, you know, I know Katie Thurston got it bad for a while. Obviously, Rachel Lindsay gets it from trolls. There's, so it's no, no competition for who, who gets more of it. But I have to tell you, Caitlin gets nonstop DMs and people commenting on her looks, her appearance, her, her thoughts about being sex positive, her um, drinking. They, they literally, there isn't something, um, the only thing they don't make fun of her on is for being Canadian. She's like, you know, you, do, you don't, you, you drink too much, you're from the North, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I wanted to play some of her podcast for you guys, which might take a better look into some of the struggles that people have that 
you and I might not be able to relate to. I don't have a million followers. I don't have this public scrutiny happening. But here she is clearly after a good cry, which we all like a good cry here in our car. Anyone who lives in Los Angeles knows. You go to an audition, you call your mom, and then you cry in the parking lot before you get sushi. It's LA, baby. Uh, She said, good in you. And of course, the implication there that she just wasn't doing that great. I said, you're good enough as you are, sending hugs. And of course she is, and we all are. We are enough. We have enough. We are all we all are enough. But of course, with social media and public scrutiny, it doesn't always feel that way. So for whatever reason, Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tartik haven't uh, got, gotten their wedding done yet. Probably because they're both high achievers making a ton of money with a ton of deliverables and they can't settle on a location in a post-pandemic society. Boo-hoo, get over it, folks. Just because they haven't uh, said certain words in front of a priest and or someone who's, you know, uh, paid 20 bucks to get a, you know, a, a marriage license online. It, it, who cares? Why do we care? And of course, most of us don't, but there is a small group of people that want to say, you guys aren't going to work out. What do you do with your face? Are you drinking too much? You must be chilly. Like they're looking at her right now with a fur, furry jacket. Is that real fur? Are you anti? You know, it's just like nonstop scrutiny. So let's just play a little bit of what Caitlin has to say about uh, going through crippling depression this year. She talks about crippling depression, and I think it's uh, I think it's on us Nick, to have a listen. He was. A so we'll get to that right now. Yeah, he really was. That's yeah. I don't know why I want to bring up lows, but I feel like it's just something to talk about yeah. highs and lows and. Getting through the lows. make She talks about getting through the lows, and this is on probably her last episode of 2022. I, I love the end of the year episodes where people go over their highs, their lows, the good, the bad, the roses, the thorns. What else? What other lows? What happened to me? <laughs> I feel like I remember being crippled with depression in bed at some point <laughs> this year. <laughs> you know what I will say actually about this year, which I don't like? I've been really struggling with my body again. And I wonder where that stems from. I feel like I go into controlling like my appearance and my looks and my body when I'm like not feeling my best self, like mentally. So do you think there's something else that's happening and then that's just like a place you go? Yeah. I feel like I'm starting to do like the brain spotting with therapy and doing this inner child work retreat. Like I really want to get to the bottom of like, I don't know why sometimes my like I struggle with body image or and and I feel so guilty talking about it because everyone's like, Caitlin, you're so tiny. Are you of this? But I still struggle with body image issues. And I feel like. And how do you not? You go on social media and you see a million people who look better. They have less body fat. They have got all the different things. And we piece it together as one of our own personal failures. And that, of course, look, when you say it out loud, it's like, uh, you know, it makes common sense. Like, Caitlin, you're beautiful. You know, these issues are are deep seated. It makes common sense to like uh, sort of negate all of it but that but it still is knocking on your door every single day it's in your pocket it's in the bullies and the dms it is everywhere and i think for the people that say like just don't read the comments they don't quite understand like i can kind of understand i think i can have a little bit more empathy for what caitlin's going through just because i can kind of understand you might be having a good day you know your friend texts you and then you look back and all of a sudden you're in a dm where someone says some really mean things about you or like you know and it's just like it's kind of, it's really hard to prevent it all. And even when you prevent it all, there's still the worst critic we all have, which is within us, right? No one judges us more than we judge ourselves. I always tell my wife, if she, if she says anything about herself, I said, I'll always say, don't talk to my wife that way. And, um, and you know, because it's like, look, no one, no one would let other people talk to us the way we talk to ourselves sometimes. And we have to overcome these thoughts. And I do it more than anybody. Oh my gosh, guys, you know, if you're on the Patreon, how much I do it, the, this, this sort of like, 
judgment. And uh, actually, on yesterday's Patreon, which I might talk about further in today's Bachelor Rush Hour, I discussed envy and the idea of being jealous of others and how I still have residual jealousy for people based on when I was at a low point and wasn't achieving the goals and dreams that I wanted to. So it's interesting and important, I believe, to acknowledge all of the negative feelings, negative being like a negative energy, whether it be jealousy of others or body images of yourself, all these other, all these little ways that we aren't celebrating the fact that we are alive. It's very important and we should be able to do this without major traumatic events to understand that we're doing our best. We are, we're pursuing life. We're pursuing all these high-end things. Caitlin's such an overachiever. I mean, what, it, what she has done in the last seven years, and again, not just here to kiss her ass, but I truly mean it when I've talked about her on other podcasts, what she has overcome, the sex and slut shaming she overcame when she had, when, when on her season of The Bachelorette, it's unfathomable. The tools did not exist five, six, seven years ago that exists today to deal with it. She not only carved the path, she blazed through it, having sort of no idea the level of scrutiny she would be under and still is under. So um, there's probably, and, and not to mention this year, she went from uh, getting the job, dream job of hosting The Bachelorette to essentially, I want to say firing, but she was replaced. She was her and Tasha. I uh, thought they would have a, a gig longer term. Maybe she got to see like a stable career path and then that was taken away. I got to say though, her podcast and everything she's got going on between that and the wine is um, enough to celebrate. Like this year has been bad for me, which usually I pride myself on like, I'm always getting better and I'm always getting stronger. And I'm always talking to myself positively and I've worked so hard on this where I feel like I've went a bit, bit backwards with body image stuff. Do you see that in me? I think I've I've heard probably i would say more over the last like three months you making yeah. comments to yourself and i'm like don't say you know i've said I'm like don't ever don't say that and you look beautiful and i think you've been a little harsh on yourself the last three months which you I, will ex I mean that's and the other thing too is i don't know what you're seeing i don't know where it's coming and for me like with my body image stuff it i'll shame myself too uh, with my sugar addiction and trying to find a way to heat eat healthy and not consume food that brings my energy down you know for me and maybe maybe for caitlin maybe she'll realize oh, i don't know when i drink wine i get triggered or when i see my in-laws i get triggered you never know what the triggers are but when you feel them when you feel that limbic system flare when you feel your heart rate go up and when you can't control your breathing all those different things look at it as a sign that something is like it's a warning flare coming from within and whatever that is, it means you need to address this or you, you will continue to get these limbic flares until you work it out on your own. I say that fully knowing there's plenty I haven't worked out yet. So let's go to one or two more sections here. She comments at the 30s or we're, we're, let's go to the 26 mark. We might be way off here, uh, but she comments on her success. She's had with Spade and Sparrows, her wine company. Yeah, but I would say that the reaction that it causes you is is pretty intense and that would be it'd, be it'd be interesting to just learn more about that i think what do you mean my response is intense like i feel like that's called boundaries for me i think i could work on maybe my delivery of certain things sometimes but i think i'm definitely very clear on like things I don't want to do, things I don't want to be around. Okay, so sorry. Let me jump forward here to the 36-minute mark. These these are so hard to know exactly my timestamps because they insert you know, um, advertisements and they make it very interesting. My goal for 2023 is I want to expand my podcast into like 
I love my community so much and I want to like be closer with them than I already am. And obviously want Spade and Sparrows to be available everywhere. But so her goal for 2023 is to expand her podcast and get Spade and Sparrows everywhere. Look, I don't know if this would help her expand her podcast, but I would love nothing more to chat with Caitlin Bristow. If anyone would like to hear or see that, by all means, DM her, reach out to her, leave a comment, get Dave on your show. Um, she's been so kind, and I mean so kind to share with me. Uh, I did an unboxing yesterday of her Spade and Sparrow. Here it is. It's just arrived in the mail. It's soaking wet. So I got this package. I can't play the audio, because I actually use Caitlin Bristow's song. Um, and so I'll just play it right here. But I did an unboxing. You can go check it out on my Instagram. She sent me three full bottles of wine, which was so kind. I think she realized how much we are fans of everything she's doing here. So in the rainstorm, I went out and got these packages of wine. Um, it was just amazing. And so you can go on my Instagram if you want to check out um, everything she sent me there. But it was just very kind of her. So when she talks about expanding into new territories this year, I mean, how 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 boss is this? Here she is with a TikTok about her uh, shopping for her own wine, uh, Spade and Sparrows, that was in a Target. I mean, how cool is that? So there she is. I mean, Target, guys, like that's a big deal. Her own wine. I mean, how many times do I need to repeat it? So very cool, but also just goes to show, and we all have to remember, um, um, sort of material uh, or tangible goals that you set and and make in life don't always um, don't always uh, get rid of whatever issues you have on the inside. So uh, here's to us just uh, wishing her the best to kind of overcome it all. Um, and let, let's just go to the 37 mark here. Just give me one second. And we're going to go to one more clip from her latest episode here. But yeah, I'd love to chat with her. I understand I'm not verified. I'm not a reality star, but um, I relate so much to all the work she's doing mentally on herself. And I think it's so. It's, I think it's such an important conversation she's having. Uh pay transparency, money management, career navigation um, to that like next level. Nice. Okay. The weirdest moment of 2022 probably was. I think the we like the weirdest thing was for you to be gone for three months. That was wild. That was weird. That was a weird thing for me. Like for three months, you're gone. It's crazy. Yeah. And you almost had to like relearn how to live back together after that. It was a long time because, yeah, I guess for Dance with the Stars, we still live together. And of course, this was when she was hosting The Bachelorette, uh, her first season hosting, which was, I believe, Katie's, Katie Thurston's season was the first season hosting. And I think they did Michelle Young's as well. But yeah, a lot of people said, oh, Caitlin's putting her career over her relationship. They always make it one versus the other. I think your relationships desert and it needs to be thought of as like, here's something we share together. So if Caitlin were to not take the job of hosting The Bachelor because Jason was like, you can't do it. You all be alone. I mean, like, of course. And of course he didn't do that. I'm sure he was like, go do it. Three months will fly by. It's a life changing event. And she's had life changing events for seven years. And maybe now there's a little bit of downtime and a little bit of chance for retrospection. And during that, there'll be some uh, criticizing we do of the self. Just understand we all we all can be nicer to the self and just thank yourself for all the work it's done to get you where you are today and honor it by working really hard to keep pursuing your dreams both of the physical and spiritual world all right all right how about a little motivational way to end the day maybe you have a little extra time on your commute just take two minutes thank yourself for trying hard and keep nourishing yourself and being the best version of you can be you know and also like you know a lot of times we have we have so many uh, so many women who listen to the podcast a lot of moms and so often we just put other people's needs ahead of our own just make sure you take the time to cherish yourself and and 
and operate at the highest level of frequency. Because God knows we don't want to pass on any traumas or resentments or negative energy to our kids, right? So, uh, I, you know, and I, I, you know, I share with you guys yesterday, I think we shared a lot about envy and jealousy and all these negative emotions, anger that we feel a lot because the world doesn't always provide us exactly what we want. But, you know, we have to create the space within ourselves uh, to receive uh, both abundance and love and all that. And then we can share it back out with the world. And I think that's what we're all trying to do, right, folks? All right, well, that's going to be it for me. I have one more uh, a clip that I'm going to leave on the YouTube that I'm not going to share here, but it is a story about Ryan Neal. He was on Bachelor's Listen to Your Heart, Listen to Your Heart, and he had to go to the emergency room. He's doing okay, uh, but you can check out that full story on my YouTube. And we'll be back tomorrow We'll be back tomorrow with more content. Don't forget, you can call the voicemail line for Four zero one two one three nine eight two eight. I've been Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. There's a-